to this edition of Evangelination's podcast retreat ministry, where busy people like you are invited to step back out of the fray of comings and goings and reflect about things that are super important and maybe not super urgent right now to you. You and I both know that the most successful people work from the list of things that are most important and not necessarily most urgent or overdue. Now, some would argue that the evangelize, that evangelizing the nation for the best and brightest future of our country, our world, our families, and our eternal souls is a very urgent matter. But some people are too busy to see that or to know what to do about it. Well, this podcast is an effort to do something about it, that it being a host of intersecting problems in the social and religious civic and political, philosophical and humanitarian spheres of human existence on the planet. Look, we have to be the change we want to see. No one else is going to do that for us and hand it to us on a silver platter. Don't expect even God Almighty to do all the work. Part of why we are here in these messes that are evident all over the globe and in our own lives and families is precisely in order that we might work, that we might choose the Lord as our God and grow in wisdom, virtue, and holiness in God's sight and in the sight of others who take a good look at who we are and don't just hastily judge the surface, but really see what is happening, what, what God is doing in our lives as we cooperate with his grace. So we all have problems, that's a given. We all struggle about something or many somethings. Now, is that a bad thing? No, not really. As I said, it makes us more fully human, more fully who we are created to be. If, and here's the big if, if we choose rightly to overcome our problems with grace and with the majesty of personal integrity, which is a sign of being an heir to the kingdom of God, being a representative of the family of God, which is a royal one of dignity, intelligence, wisdom, hope, and goodness. Now, St. Joseph was in the line of King David. And St. Joseph is our patron, the patron of the Pauline community of St. Joseph. Um, this, the active ministry of which is the spiritual works of mercy of our king, carried out mostly under the moniker of Evangelination. And this podcast is one of those outreach ministries. So first, I want to invite you today to support this work. Be a part of the family, the part of the solution. We are much in need of your support. We get used to uh, media today uh, and you know, so we might fail to understand how important it is to support those who are producing wholesome and effective media aimed at building the kingdom of Christ in every soul and not the culture of death, which can rightly be called antichrist right around us, all around us. We can see it. So the Pauline community of St. Joseph is endeavoring to put uh, 
you know, members, uh, all of us, our lives and sacred honors on the line to make a difference. You know, we're forgoing uh, uh, other opportunities and works in the world to build the kingdom of God using all the modern media of communications available to us today. So this is our mission and we, uh, you know, want you to be a part of it. So why not click the support button on your screen and sign up to support us for just even $5 a month or whatever you feel that you can offer today. One-time gifts or recurring gifts, they're all great. Your gifts um, are much appreciated. And it is the first and easiest way to uh, becoming an evangelizer today. You can evangelize the culture for the greater good of all just by supporting this uh, podcast ministry. So thanks for doing that. Folks, I have to say that we have to return to our nation's founding principles. And let's make no mistake, those founding principles were Christian principles, pure and simple. No uncertainty exists about that. Just read and study the original works of our founders and of the, of the time in which they lived. We are founded to be a Christian nation. That doesn't mean that other uh, believers of, in different religions can't live with us, but we, our founding principles, the foundation of who we are as a society is Christian. And uh, we have to uh, resist being lulled to sleep about this by the enemies of our well-being, those who are undertaking uh, fiercely to undermine our nation, destroy our families, and take control of our churches, our economy, our liberties, and our land, our minds through media, undermining the integrity of who you are called uh, to be. So today, um, I just want you to really reflect on this, draw back, uh, turn to the Lord in prayer and ask him, what can I do to build the kingdom? What can I do? Now, one of the great assets we have in our Catholic faith is that we have an understanding of the communion of saints, all of those who have gone before us, marked with the sign of faith, who can help us because we're a family. We can work together just as families do, just as your family does. You try to help your family members. Well, our family members are the communion of saints who have um, passed from this life but are living as righteous souls in God, right? So today um, we are continuing to look at Mary, Saint Mary, the mother of Jesus, to supplicate us in our necessities because that is her unique role in the kingdom of God. You see, we can turn to Mary and ask for her assistance, not because she is God, she is not, but because God has assigned her this powerful service and role as queen mother of all his subjects, right? So she serves our king most nobly and well, and it is actually an affront to the king to dismiss our queen Mary and her God-appointed service administrations and prayers on our behalf. So God gave us a mother. Jesus gave us his own mother. It's the same person. In his dying words from the cross, he gave us his mother. So let's welcome this holy lady and mother into our hearts and our home. Uh, and uh, as we reflect on Blessed Alberioni's book, Mary, Hope of the World, uh, which will help us to do just uh, that to bring her into our hearts and home today. 
Now, before we do that, let's just stop right now and offer a prayer to St. Joseph, her earthly husband and provider of our Heavenly Queen and our Lord on earth. He was an image of the Father, and he was selected by Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Eternal Father, Son, and Spirit, to play that role. And he plays that for all of the children of the Lord, all of the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. St. Joseph is still providing for the body of Christ, right? His mystical body today. He took care of the infant Jesus, saved him from perils and death, and nurtured him, provided for him all his life. And now St. Joseph can do that for you and me today in a mystical sense, in the spiritual family of the Lord. And so that is why Catholics turn to St. Joseph and say, take care of us. We are the body of Christ. Take care of us. And so let's turn to him and offer to him all our especially pernicious problems today. Okay? What are your problems? Do you have problems in your family or in personal relationships? Maybe in your the deepest interior thoughts and feelings of your mind and heart. You know, maybe you're confused or you're uh, struggling with something. You know, maybe, you know, we can see that we have problems in our world, in our society, in our church, and, uh, you know, in our uh, uh, spiritual realm. Um, so whatever problem is most pressing upon you today, Whatever is hardest for you to solve in your life right now, let's go to Joseph with it. And as we read in Genesis 41, 55, uh, about the ancient Joseph, um, you, you know, he, uh, the king had a problem at that time. The Pharaoh had a problem at that time. And Joseph uh, helped him to provide bread for the world during a time of intense famine and distress. So he is a compelling type of our New Testament Joseph, who is bringing the bread of life to a spiritually starving world. That bread of life is Jesus Christ. He, he brought the bread of life to Egypt. Remember when they fled into Egypt as when Jesus was a baby? And he continues to bring uh, Christ. He is an evangelizer. Saint Joseph is a, is a type of evangelizer. He brings the bread of life to us today a spiritually starving world, just like ancient Joseph in, uh, in Genesis 41. So I invite you to pray with me. Let's begin. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. O oh, glorious Saint Joseph, you who have received power from the Almighty to render possible even things which are considered impossible, come to our aid in our present trouble and distress. Take the important and difficult affair I am thinking about right now under your particular protection and guidance that it may resolve happily. O oh, dear Saint Joseph, we are confident in your benevolent assistance. Let it not be said that we have invoked you in vain. And since you are so powerful with Jesus and Mary, who cannot refuse you anything, show that your goodness equals your power and grant me a favorable resolution to the problems I face. 
And I ask this in and through and for Jesus Christ, in union with the Eternal Father and Spirit, who are forever one in perfect integrity and peace. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, we pray always. Amen. Okay. Well, with all that now, let's take a little time to read in Blessed Father James Alberioni's book. Uh, we are in chapter six now, and we're taking a look at the deeper nuances of Mary's visit to her cousin, Elizabeth, which is recounted in the first chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke, beginning in verse 39. Mary's visit to St. Elizabeth. At the Annunciation, the angel had told Mary that her cousin Elizabeth had become a mother, even though advanced in age. Certain of giving pleasure to her cousin, Mary hastened to go to her, happy to serve her as a devoted handmaid. Quote, this is from Luke 1, uh, verses 39 through 45. Now in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town of Judah, and she entered the house of Zacharie and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe in her womb leapt. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And how have I deserved that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, the moment that the sound of thy greeting came to my ears, the babe in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who has believed, because the things promised her by the Lord shall be accomplished. St. Elizabeth lived in a village lost among the mountains. Although the roads leading to it were hazardous and the journey there a dangerous one, Mary set out, repeating with the prophet, prophet Habakkuk, quote, The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like the feet of hearts, and he, the conqueror, will lead me upon my high places singing psalms. That's Habakkuk 3.19. Well, Mary went with haste. Learn, O virgins, comments St. Ambrose, not to stop along the streets or in public squares. Mary, who at home is calm, walks with haste in public. The soul, full of the Holy Spirit, does not know indulgence, nor does it sleep. Rather, it runs and flies along the paths of the divine precepts and perfection. Entering the house of Zacharie, Mary greeted Elizabeth, quote, and it says from Luke 140, and she entered the house of Zacharie and saluted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, she felt her infant leap in her womb and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And how have I deserved that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And blessed is she who has believed, because the things promised her by the Lord shall be accomplished. It is almost as though she said, you 
Mary, are the woman chosen from all eternity to crush the serpent's head, to give birth to the divine word, and to open heaven. Elizabeth's words are somewhat the same in certain points as those of the angel. Therefore, it is evident that she spoke under divine inspiration. Mary did not delight in these words of praise. She was touched by them, and in a burst of prophetic enthusiasm, she broke forth in the immortal words of the Magnificat, quote, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because he has regarded the lowliness of his handmaid. For behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, because he who is mighty has done great things in me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the conceit of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has given help to Israel, his servant, being mindful of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his posterity forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her own house. All of that is from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. Now Mary's encounter with Elizabeth was the meeting of two great souls, the greeting of two saints. What a fragrance of sanctity, of humility, and of fervor rose from this scene of the visitation. Elizabeth exalts Mary. Mary thanks and exalts the Lord. Now, I look at Mary's charity. Mary was heroic in every virtue, but especially in charity, which she possessed in the highest degree. Mary's heart was an ocean of charity and of love. She so surpassed the angels and the saints in love of God that it might be well said uh, that even the seraphim could have descended from heaven to learn from the heart of Mary how to love God. St. Paul's beautiful praises of charity can all be applied to Mary. She especially exercised charity in giving us Jesus. Mary brought Jesus into the world. When she entered Elizabeth's house, she brought Jesus there, and with him his grace. And it came to pass, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe in her womb leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, that's Luke 1.41. So Mary brought blessings. Following her example, let us try to do good to everyone wherever we go. The reverence with which St. Elizabeth welcomed Mary. The first to greet Mary was the angel who said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Luke 1, 28. The second to greet her was Elizabeth, who added to the angelic salutation these words, 
And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Luke 1, 42. Fortunate are you, Elizabeth, who have before you the mother of the Savior, the Queen of Heaven. From Elizabeth, let us learn to love Mary and be devoted to her. Devotion to the mother of God is a sure sign of salvation, for she is the guide, the queen, the mother, and the protectress of the elect. Mary never fails to give her faithful devotees abundant grace, help, and comfort in order to ensure their salvation. He who loves and venerates Mary with filial devotion is infinitely blessed. Now let's take a look at Mary's reply to Saint Elizabeth. Elizabeth glorified Mary by calling her blessed among women, for blessed is the fruit of her womb. She declared herself unworthy of the high honor of welcoming her Lord's mother in her home. On hearing such praise, Mary attributed everything to God by singing, My soul magnifies the Lord. She referred to God as to the only source of all goodness, the praise given her. It seems as though she meant to say, You, Elizabeth, exalt the Lord's mother, but my soul exalts and glorifies God. For this reason, St. Bernard calls the Magnificat the exaltation of Mary's humility. This is the song of thanksgiving and of grateful humility. Mary exalted by St. Elizabeth for her faith and her greatness, and proclaimed the mother of the Savior, humiliated herself more than ever and proclaimed her nothingness and her weakness, attesting that all that she had came from God. Like Mary, let us also give praise to God. To the only one God be honor and glory. That's 1 Timothy 1, verse 17. May our prayer always be directed first to praising and thanking the Lord. Selfish prayer is less acceptable to God and obtains less fruit. Well, let's close with a few thoughts, first from St. Peter Damien, and then uh, a look at the life of St. Pius X. First, a thought from St. Peter Damien. Fortunate Elizabeth, before her stood the mother of the Redeemer, the Queen of Heaven. She greeted her sweetly. Even more fortunate, however, was the child she bore in her womb, for he was the first object of this royal visit. Enlightened by the Holy Spirit, he recognized the majesty of the Queen of Angels, who was greeting his mother, and it was given to him to understand the power of that greeting. And so says St. Peter Damien about the visitation. Now let's take a look at St. Pius X. Uh, Blessed Alberione writes, The entire life of this august pontiff was a hymn of faith and love to Jesus in the Holy Eucharist and to the Blessed Virgin. He was born in Rees on June 2nd, 1835, and the following day was baptized Joseph. As a boy, Joseph used to go often to the shrine of Maria della Sindrole, and on Sundays he would bring along his friends. There he would pray devoutly. The Madonna called him to the priesthood, 
but his parents were poor and could not pay for his studies. Providentially, the Patriarch of Venice intervened and granted the boy a scholarship. After his ordination to the priesthood, Joseph was appointed a curate in Tombolo in the Diocese of Treviso, where he put into action his zeal for souls. In 1875, he was elected a canon of the Cathedral of Treviso, and in 1884, Leo XIII consecrated him Bishop of Mantua. It was the third Sunday of Advent, a day set aside to honor the patronage of Mary Immaculate, patroness of Mantua. The fame of the Bishop of Mantua's wisdom and piety grew steadily, and Leo XIII made him a cardinal and then patriarch of Venice. In 1903, the renowned patriarch of Venice, Cardinal Sarto, was elected pope, and he took the name of Pius X. The higher this luminous and beneficent star rose, the greater became his manifestations of love for Jesus in the Holy Eucharist and for Mary Immaculate. On the occasion of the 50th anniversary of the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, Pius X wrote an encyclical on the Madonna, Adiam Illum, the masterpiece of his devotion to Mary. He describes Mary most holy's beauty, her virginity, and her influence on humanity. He urges all Christians to be devoted to this good mother. One day, during an audience granted to some noblemen of Rome, he heard the Angelus ring. At once he said, Gentlemen, it is the hour of the Angelus. Will you recite it with me? An eyewitness described him as follows, quote, I observed him while he prayed. I contemplated the expression on his face, the radiant light in his eyes as he gazed steadily at a picture of the Blessed Virgin. I admired the sweetness of those Hail Marys, said in such an unusual tone. I was so vividly <clears throat> impressed that I was forced to think, perhaps he sees her. And I realized then how much we must love the Mother of God. <clears throat> well, St. Pius X died on August 20th, 1914. Blessed Alberione closes uh, the chapter of this book with uh, this prayer. Most glorious virgin, chosen by God to be the mother of the eternal word made flesh, be my guide and counselor in this veil of tears. Amen. Well, that is all that we have time for today. I'm so grateful that you joined me in this little retreat away from your daily affairs. I hope that you have a blessed week and that you will rejoin me next time. Uh, Thursday uh, is the usual time for these podcast retreats, so mark it on your calendar. And don't forget to support this ministry if you can. God bless you. Bye now. Thank you.